Okay, sorry, everybody. Give me a second here. Give me one second. Sorry about all the noise. Not here. This, this is good. Sorry about all the noise. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm here with um, rapper and uh, psychotherapist. Yep. Charles Goldberg. Hi. And you know he's going around rapping. Maybe we'll do a little bit of rap later. But of course. What was interesting to me, and we started having this conversation, and I really want to kind of build up on this conversation a bit, is talking about anxiety, talking about depression, and talking about it in the realm of Kabbalah Jewish thoughts. So why don't you get us started, and then we'll see if we can uh, have a conversation about so, this. So the first thing that we have to understand about anxiety and depression is it's something that everyone kind of doors everyone goes through and the reason why these things come up is when our life is out of balance whenever we are depressed it's actually really interesting we have five big emotions glad mad sad shame fear I always say this because everything else is too complicated again glad mad sad shame fear here's the thing if you think about these emotions there's only one of them that actually feels good the only one that feels good is glad 80% of the human emotional experience is very uncomfortable Glad, mad, sad, shame, fear. You nailed it. Okay? So if you think about it, 80% of those are not comfortable states to be in. So if you think about the origins of depression, depression, where we frequently are told, is sadness. Okay? Sadness is a state that we enter any time one of our needs is not being met. If you want to, if you were, if there was a space alien that came to Earth and was asking, hey, what's sadness, what's depression? The best way to sum it up is a state where our needs are not being met. Okay? It's also heavily dependent upon the past. When I'm depressed, it's always recalling things that I did that was wrong in the past that I just seem to not be able to get past, right? It's actually bringing your past to the present. And by the way, there's a very deep tie to trauma in this. It's actually interesting that trauma these days, you know, it used to be in the old days that, hey, if we talk about the past, it's going to suddenly make it better. That's not necessarily the case. Actually, what many people will, will agree with, and there's a great book, it's called uh, The Body Keeps the Score by Vessel Vanderkook. Um, it's a great name. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he says, actually, the problem with trauma is not that it happened in the past, it's that you're still experiencing it in the present moment, right? So we can basically establish depression as something past related. Now, we also have anxiety, which we talk about, and anxiety is heavily rooted in fear. Fear is always something concerning what's to come. It's what's on its way. Now, the question is, how do we overcome our fears? I think this has kind of baffled people for generations, right? And the thing is that's really interesting is, you know, anxiety, it's always future-focused. So we have depression in the past, we have anxiety in the future. There has to be a way to kind of bring ourselves to the present moment. And what's really interesting is, you know, there are a million different therapies out there. There's like uh, DBT, CBT, there's humanistic existential therapy, psychoanalysis, there's systems-based theory. Um, there's a lot of different stuff. But the theory that I really love calling from is from Hasidus itself, from actually a book called Sefer Yitzira, which is a book that's credited to Avram Avinu. And uh, in this book, he introduces this notion of spirit, of these attributes that God possesses in order to interact with the world. And not only does God use them to interact with the world, he's imbued these same attributes within us to interact with the world. And what's really interesting, as human beings, though we're not perfect like God, we are born with our attributes out of balance. And the thing is, is I'm conceptualizing that when our attributes, when these godly attributes that God has blessed us with are out of balance, 
This is when mental health difficulties and emotional difficulties and the ability to relate to other people begins to get out of whack. So, so kind of map this out for us. Kind of give us an give us an example of this. Definitely. So for instance, actually it's really cool. As a therapist, we're taught to see our clients through what's called a biopsychosocial lens. Meaning I'm looking at a person biologically, I'm looking at them psychologically, what's their thinking like, and also socially, how they relate to other people. What's interesting is the spirot, the attributes, these godly attributes, are actually built in a similar way. So the first three or four of them, because you know two Jews, ten opinions, so it's either three or four. The first three or four of them have to do with our cognition, with the way we think. The second three have to do with how we feel. And the third three has to do with how we interact with other people. But what's most interesting is the very last one. And we're not going to go into that today. But the very last one is really cool because it actually is the ability that human beings have to recognize that it's not that we're just friends, but we're really one. We're really of one soul, of one people. We have one mission in life. And are you able to be sensitive to that or not? So today, what I'd love to talk to you about, if we're talking about anxiety, depression, is how do we use these attributes, these godly attributes that we're blessed with, to overcome anxiety and depression? And how do we actually go about doing so, this? So, map that out for us. Map let's, it out. Let's, I know that we don't have the visuals here. I know you would love like a whiteboard behind you. Of but course. here we are, you know, experiencing this in the moment. Map it out for us. Okay, so if you think about it, guys, everything in life has two extremes, right? We have good and bad, black and white. It's actually interesting, my rabbi once taught me, it's the most beautiful thing I ever heard. He said, the grand accomplishment of humanity is the, the ability to bear opposites simultaneously. If you think about it, like look, I'm a therapist rapper, okay? You are a rabbi slash kind of web star um, and social media guru. Like, you can do more than one thing. So if you think about it, on the one hand, we have this focus that's very past-oriented. On the other hand, we have this focus that's very future-oriented. So think about it like this. We have, we're part of a Jewish movement. It's called the Chabad movement. We believe that we could intellectually connect with God. But what are the intellectual faculties? So the first one is called Chochmah. And what Chochmah is, it originates from the past. It's really the thing that comes from the past. Chochmah in English is wisdom. So think about this. If we're talking wisdom, wisdom is always something that has to come from the past, right? Wisdom existed before me and you, and hopefully I gain it through my experiences. That kind of makes sense, right? So if we're talking about wisdom being in the past, what would be its polar opposites? It would be the future. The future is called Bina, understanding. If you think about this, understanding is something you always have to arrive at. Understanding is always based in the future. Right? Earlier off camera, you were talking yeah. about this idea of um, the Sefirah of Chachma and Bina being thesis versus antithesis. Exactly. Which was fascinating to me. Can yeah. you explore that? Totally. So in 1993, there was a woman, her name is Marsha Linehan. She herself was a psychologist and she recognized, oh man, I have this terrible personality disorder. A personality disorder and a mental disorder. The difference between the two, a personality disorder... A mental disorder is kind of like uh, the weather, whereas a personality disorder is like the climate. It's much more pervasive, right? So she has this horrible personality disorder called borderline personality disorder, frequently caused by trauma that a person endures. And she realizes, oh my God, I'm very polarized in the way I interact with the world. 
on the one hand, I'm explosive and I'm in people's faces. On the other hand, I'm kind of to myself passive aggressive and, you know, but there's no in between. That's not a healthy way to live. So she's like, how can I teach people to find balance? So she came up with this idea of a dialectic. A dialectic is you have a thesis, which is a point. You have its antithesis, antithesis, its opposite. And then you have a synthesis, something that joins the two. And what's beautiful about this system is it lines up perfectly with the spherot, with these attributes we were talking about. Because each one of them has this certain balance. There are two extremes, but if you could find a way to balance them, you could actually live a very happy and fulfilling life. So how would that work for someone with, let's say, a personality disorder or someone who's an extreme person by nature? Very good. So it's all about evaluating my reactions to situations when they occur. So either, think about it, something doesn't go my way. What can I do about it? I could either explode, I could yell, I could scream, I could cry. Or I could do the total opposite. I could isolate myself, cut myself off from other people. But we realize that these two polarized responses are not really conducive for one's well-being. The best thing to do is to find a balance. Maybe it's reaching out to another person and expressing what you're going through. Maybe it's you know taking a walk or exercising. This is how we find that balance. But does that really synthesize it? Well, in this case, yes, because if I'm in, in a really extreme mood, it's my response that has to be balanced. Because understand, the only thing that's going to swing me to one of these poles is going to be something that's extreme in nature. On the whole, most people are pretty e easygoing and even-keeled until something happens. So you need some kind of a rupture. You need a rupture. And this is, by the way, where problems begin. We go through life until we meet a challenge. And unfortunately, a challenge is a normal part of life. The question is, how do we work through it? So what the ancient Kabbalists are telling us is if you approach it in a balanced manner, in a way that's not too much and not too little, you can actually begin to overcome it. So much so also with anxiety and depression. So if you think about it, we were talking about this chokhmah, this wisdom thing, which is based in the past. If Remember, depression is based in the past. So if your chokhmah is out of balance, you become depressed. Conversely, Bina, which is understanding something that we arrive at in the future, if that's out of balance, then we become anxious. Now the thing is, and this is what's really cool about it, you know, as therapists, we're very good at pointing out what's wrong with people. It's much harder, and the art of therapy is figuring out what to do with it. So what I like about this idea, using these spherodes, is that actually it presents a plan to overcome something. So how would that look? If you had to unpack it, how would, how, it, how would it look as far as the plan itself? Totally. So the first thing is, is let's start with the depressed person, okay? Guys, in between past and future is the present. And actually there's a third sphere that's called uh, da'as, which is the ability to basically just bring your thoughts to your feelings. So in the present moment, it's a two-step system that you gotta do. So we're going from the past to the present first. And we're gonna say to that person, hey, you were depressed? Everything that you went through, it's over and done with now, regardless of you know, the outcome of it. So either you, know, you could beat yourself up over it, you could feel bad about it, or what you could do is recognize it's done. And if you're done with it, I mean, if there's no thing that you could do to change it, why, why still dwell? There's nothing you could do unless you do the second step. And the second step is look to the future. Just because I had something terrible happen to me doesn't mean that I can't completely author my life in a different way in the future. Yes, it's difficult. I'm not saying this is easy. But if you recognize what happened in the past is in the past and there's nothing presently I could do about it, focus on the future. Think about how do I make those changes? What do I have to do in order to change things so that I could live a 
better life and reach a better outcome. So you start this process of change. Is there a way that you would recommend starting that? Do the opposite. That's probably well, the that's best what way to start. Says. Right? Do the opposite. It's opposite thinking. If you flip it upside down, we're going to begin to get in the right direction. So if we're stuck in the past, let's look in the future. So too, if we're stuck in the future, let's go to the past. Think so about you'd make like a this. vision plan? Well, not necessarily a vision plan. Uh, well, for the depressed person, a vision plan's a great idea. Right. But if I'm anxious, I'm, if I'm worried about the future, that vision plan is only going to freak me out. Exactly. For so what I'm going to do if I'm stuck in the future is, again, first come to the present moment. Realize all that stuff you're freaking out about hasn't even happened yet. What are you worried for? It hasn't even occurred. It hasn't even taken place. But here's the part that a lot of people forget about, and this is where spirituality really comes into this. You have to go to the past. At the end of the day, did God abandon you in the past when you faced a challenge that you're worried about? No. And if God didn't abandon you in the past, he's not going to in the future. Furthermore, let's say you have a problem with God that doesn't work for you. Think about your own coping skills. Everyone that is watching this has definitely been through a challenge of some sort. And you probably have more challenges to come, which is very intimidating to think about, but check this out. If I just remember the skills that I used to get through those challenges in the past, I could apply those same skills, that same thinking in future problems and be able to have a positive outcome. So again, if we're stuck in the future, then go in the opposite direction, go to the present and then to the past. One of the things that I like to talk about is Jewish values. 100%. And like to really distill the Jewish theology and philosophy into values. And a value I think that's not spoken about enough is the value of struggle. The value of actually saying that it's not a means to an end. Embrace the struggle. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's gonna continue happening over and over and over again. And so, so figure out a way to embrace it. Figure out some kind of system in your life that you can be able to handle that struggle, work with that struggle, and to overpower it. But unfortunately, we get so intimidated. We get so intimidated by the notion of being uncomfortable. If we learn to love discomfort, and that's really what it is. I love the state of discomfort because in that state, I can grow. It's when I'm comfortable that I'm, why should I change? I'm comfortable. Everything's good. It's a, it's a total mind shift. You have to completely flip your head around to learn to love discomfort. But the thing is that if you, I, I do a group with my clients. It's called the simple question. Simple questions is as follows, okay? Um, what's the most difficult thing? What, what is the most important thing you've ever learned in life? And how did you come to learn that lesson? And what's interesting is no one ever learns their most important life lesson from like sitting on a beach in Tahiti, sipping a Mai Tai, and suddenly having an epiphany. It doesn't work that way. Right. What happens is people go through something that is just unbearable, that they think there's no way through, and yet they find a way through. And from discovering their own essence, from discovering their own ability to survive and even thrive, that's where people find satisfaction and joy in life. But it comes from discomfort in essence. That's amazing. That's cool stuff. Thank you so much. Definitely, my man. Thank you. Why don't you, you. Uh, do a little rap for us? Why a little not? rap? So I have a rap for anyone who might be struggling. And it goes like this. God bless you. You ain't even got a sneeze. Positive change compliments, promises, and apologies. Demons dissolve upon acknowledging. No need to withdraw and leave. If you accept your flaws and see your thoughts, it's ended to subject to falsity. Take solace. Tear droplets all the harder processing. The pain of trauma tamed from calmly unlocking the box and commenting. The liquor bottle embodies hypocrisy. Misled to believe a relief from monotony, but never received despondency. Own the possibilities like apostrophes insert a common to diminish velocity. When we're strong enough to honor darker periods properly, the light could be a minor giant in its most authentic quality. Have 
have we all forgotten to stop and breathe? Cause we're constantly bombarded by a barrage of electronic screens. Tries to fix our lives via shopping sprees and gossiping about frivolities of fate demolishing. Please don't look up your beauty inside the armor you model unconsciously because the nuances you disguise are what make you a novelty. Enough admonishing, confidence blossoms from rigorous honesty. Return to yourself, recovery is yours as long as you want it. That's amazing. That's so go. great. Thank you. This is it. I'm here live with Hard Charlie, Charles go. Goldberg. Thank you so much for joining us today. Definitely. It was a pleasure. And I'm sure we'll have an opportunity in the future. Certainly. Take care. Have Thank a great you so day. Much. You too. Thanks, guys. Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness, and balance. This special offer has been dedicated in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode. 